Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Everybody said, man, praise God, praise God, praise God. God bless you. Uh, you can have a seat. I, I, I want to share something with you real quick that, that kind of goes into the, I guess, the heart of a pastor, the, um, the mindset of a pastor, I guess you could say. And I want to be really vulnerable here for just a second, if you don't mind. And I'm at, will you just in advance not judge me for being vulnerable? Can I tell you? All right, all right. I, just, I need to be vulnerable with you. But I've told you before the past, oh, 18, 20 months, I guess you could say, have been just, just unbelievable when it comes to pastoring a local congregation. And, uh, and I, I want to thank you guys. For, I want to thank you for your faithfulness, for your love, for your faith. But I'm... I was reading a poem that my father had written about seven years ago. And he, in this poem, he was writing about, this last week I was reading it, and it was, it was about, he, he was talking about a great falling away that many believers would just fall away, just drop off, kind of drop off the map, drop off the grid. And I want to tell you, I believe we're at the beginning of that season now. I believe we're at the beginning of that season. One of the reasons I'm doing this Faith Accelerator series is not just so that you can get a miracle. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But it's so that you'll learn to function in faith and have the Word of God in you like never before. You need it. We need it. We need it. I did something interesting. I, I, I use the Bible app every day, and whether you use it or not is, is you know, that, that's fine. I, it, it's, it, it's, it's a tool that I like. I love my Bible, my Bibles, my handheld Bibles. I think those are really good. In fact, I think they're very important. Uh, you, you should definitely have a real Bible that you touch, that you put notes in, that you write in. But I love the Bible app as well because it's, you know, of its flexibility and, uh, and ease to carry. And I'm in the Bible app uh, every day. Occasionally, I'll miss a day in the Bible app, but I'm typically in it every day. And and I did something which which brought tears to my eyes. And I'll just and this is not against anyone or anything like that. I want you to feel my heart here. But I went through my friends list because you get friends on the Bible app. You get lots of friends. And I started going through the friends list, and I found scores, scores of people who used to attend church here that I've reached out to over the past several months, year, year and a half, and just, they don't reply back, they don't respond back, and at a certain point, you know, you become a harasser if you keep saying, hey, miss you in church, stop harassing, they don't want to talk to me, that's, you know, that's their business, but people who've been a part of our church, not just a casual attendee, but these people have been regular, and I've found that about I estimate about 80% of the people that were using their Bible app, I would kind of look at each one of their friends, their last activity was either in February or March of 2000, and they stopped using the Bible. Now, I'm not saying that they're not a Christian anymore. I'm not saying they're not reading their regular Bible, but there's constant use up to a certain point 
February and March of last year, which was right at the beginning of the whole COVID thing, they just dropped it. They just quit. They've disappeared. They're gone. I mean, they're like off the grid. And I don't want that to be you. Again, this is not an issue of whether you use the Bible app or not. I'm just saying that was a signal to me that what my dad wrote in that poem, what I've read, what Jesus gave to us, and even in his Olivet Discourse in the book of Matthew, is that before the coming of the Lord, there will be a falling away. People will just say, this is too hard. I don't know about this anymore. And will give up their faith. Don't let that be you. Hear me? Hear my heart. Hear my heart. Don't judge me for looking at somebody's social media, all right? It wasn't even social media. It's their Bible use. But hey, they, they became my friend, which means you get to see what they're reading in the Bible. And that's what they get for being my friend. So you can be my friend on the Bible app or not if you like. I mean, that's great. I mean, I, I know a lot of you guys are. Uh, but I want you to have faith. I want you to have faith as you move into this new season. We need it like never before. We have a theme scripture for the series that we're in called Faith Accelerator. And I want you guys to put that theme scripture up on the board. And thank you very much for playing and singing and all that kind of stuff. But I have blanks up there again today. So part of our Faith Accelerator challenge is to memorize these two verses of scripture during the last quarter of 2021. It's a really tough task. I remember I, I just said if you memorize one word a day, you'll be able to get this in within a month and a half, two months. Easy, easy. Easy, easy. So I want us to say it out loud. Most of the words that are they're there, they're on there. Follow along with me. Truly, I tell. Come on, you got to say it out loud. Come on, come on. If you don't know the words in the blanks, just don't say anything. But if you do, say it. But at least say the ones that are typewritten. Okay. Even if you're watching online, have some fun. Say it with me. Tim Cox, come on, say it with me in that hospital room. All right, here we go. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go. Throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen. It will be done for them. Cool? There's more to it. Come on, next slide. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Yeah, it looks like there are two blanks after believed, but it's just one after prayer, but it's just the one word believed right there. That's probably my fault. You guys are getting this. Get this memorized. Get it into your heart. Get it into your heart. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Good. Then open your Bibles to two locations today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And then, oh, somebody's already preaching back to me today. Uh, Come on. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And I also want you to look in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. We're going to look at Hebrews 11, 1, first and foremost. Uh, While while you're finding your way there, don't forget next week is Daylight Savings Time. I always like to call that No Excuses Sunday because there's no excuse. There is no excuse. I mean, you get the extra hour of sleep. And back in the old days, we had to move our clocks back. Now they just automatically happen on your phones. That's, That's a pretty cool deal. But, uh, but don't forget, uh, you get to fall back next Saturday night, early, early Sunday morning. I, I once had a, 
There was a person in church several years ago when we had to manually do it, and he literally set his alarm for 1 a.m. so that he could move his, his clock back an hour. And, and he said, yeah, I wanted to follow the rules. It's like, well, it's not like you have to do it that way. It's not at a certain time. It's just, and I also remember when I was in college, I worked nights, and I would work, I would work nights on Saturday nights and then, then shower and change and, and go, to, go and, and uh, serve in and, and my church on a Sunday morning. And I remember when we had daylight savings time, man, you know, you're working through the night and then all of a sudden you think, oh, great, it's two o'clock. No, it's not. It's one o'clock again. And so the way I looked at it is like, well, it's an extra hour of pay. So thank God for that. But then the, somehow the company would figure out a way to make sure that was still under 40 hours. I, I still have issues with that, but let's jump in. But the question is, where has the enemy robbed you? Where do you need a miracle? What breakthrough do you need? And what obstacle is between you and the miracle that you need? And that's what we're talking about in this Faith Accelerator series. I want you to put, punch, punch the accelerator. It's the pedal on the right, and let's accelerate our faith, okay? Today's message is entitled, How to Initiate Faith. How to Initiate Faith. Some of you, you're here, and, and you're just discouraged. Um, some of you may feel like you're ready, ready to quit. You just don't have the energy to keep going or maintain where you are, much less press ahead and move forward. And I want to I encourage you that today just might be your day of breakthrough. There could be a sin entanglement that's holding you back. There may be an addiction or that, that's, that's keeping you bound up. It could be a work situation that you're in or a financial situation that you need a breakthrough in. Maybe it's a physical challenge that you just haven't been able to see God work through. Maybe it could be a relationship that is just, you just can't get it back on track. And God is saying to you right now, I'm going to, I'm going to give you some principles from my word on initiating faith, and I want you to take action on it. And yeah, I believe that is what God is saying to you today. I'm going to ask you to keep, stick with me through this series. I'm asking you to drink this in. Keep these messages just, just going through your heart because you're going to grow in the strength of God. You're going to engage the mercy of God and the power of God. And your faith, I believe, is going to be accelerating, accelerating, accelerating. And those of you who feel like you're about ready to quit and give up, I'm saying don't do it. Don't you dare do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Keep moving forward. Why? It's because the Bible says in Psalm 154 verse 14, excuse me, 145 verse 14, it says the Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. In other words, God wants to give a fresh start to people who are just ready to quit. And I believe the Holy Spirit is here today to encourage you to take that fresh start no matter what's happened in your past, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through right now. And God is moving today. I believe God is in the house today. God is here today to give you a fresh start. And really, when it comes down to faith, it is, you're going to find out from today's passage, it is yours for the asking. It is your, you, you've just got to, it's yours for the asking. And you've got to take the, uh, the initiative. You have to initiate your faith and activate your faith. Have you seen, have you guys seen the little video on Holy Spirit Activate? Holy Spirit Activate, yeah. I saw that this week. I thought that was really cool. I saw it and then Rebecca showed it to me. Uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it yet, just just Google Holy Spirit Activate on videos and you'll see it. All right. But uh, this is a, pra I, I want to give you a practical definition of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. This is one of these scriptures you really need to have marked in your Bibles, underlined, stars beside it. And I also recommend that you put this one to memory, all right? This is the 
functional definition of faith. Here it is. Because a lot of people say, I don't even understand what faith is. Here it is. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. You hoping for anything? Then you need to have, go back to that word before that, confidence, okay? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Whether you see it or not is not the issue. Faith is having that assurance that what I don't see is reality. That, that right there is a practical definition of faith. And, and I believe that, that, uh, that every one of us have a measure of faith in us. The Bible even says we do. That's just ready to be released and activated, and we need to do that. And when we activate and initiate that faith, then we can accelerate that faith and just look out. I mean, things are going to change. How to do that is to stay in the Word of God, keep listening to messages that are going to encourage you, and, and, uh, and be in atmospheres where there's worship, and be around people who are faith-living people. I, I'm telling you, relationships that are, there to pull, that are pulling you down, that are discouraging you, I mean, and you know, people who just like, nah, 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 I don't know, I hate this, don't like that, everything's terrible, 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 terrible. I mean, sure, you can minister to them. You'd better minister to them. But if that's what you're hanging around all the time, you need to find some other people to get around. Go to your group, faith-filled group hunter. <laughs> I, I encourage you because that's going to help you to deal with the faith challenges that you are facing and that you will face in the future. Now I want you to look over at Mark chapter 10, verse 46. We're going to look at today's passage of Scripture. While you're looking that up, I want you to get into your mind and get into your heart. What miracle do you need? Most of you have sent me a list of five miracles that you're, you're wanting to see God do. You're, you're wanting to see God work five different miracles. And I'm praying with you right now, but, but pick one out. I'm, whether it's an emotional challenge or a spiritual or family challenge, a relational issue, an addiction, or a financial breakthrough that's needed, something work-related, sin stronghold. I mean, what is it? Be specific about it and make sure that's in your heart and in your mind. Maybe even jot it down so that you can refer back to it. Because as we get into this, this passage, God, I believe, is going to give you strategies. Today's a day about strategy. God's going to give you strategies on, on initiating and activating your faith. All right? All right. So let's take a look at it. Mark 10, 46. Then they came to Jericho. This is not the time they march around Jericho and the walls fall. This is like, uh, you know, this is 1,400 years later or so. And then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. All right, he's in a tough situation. But one thing I want to point out to you right here, you get look at it right here. He is a blind man. He can't see anything. He can't see anything. And he couldn't see Jesus coming into town. So as Jesus is leaving town, at this point, he's probably heard the buzz of what, that Jesus was in town. The miracle worker was there, and he's realizing, wait, he, and then he's hearing these sounds that, wait a minute, I think Jesus might be coming, you know, but, but, but he can't see. Remember this, faith is never contingent upon what you can see. If you only rely on what you can see, that's not faith. 
Take a look at it. Remember, just remind you, just a reminder of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, one more time. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not what? See. Good, 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 good. So Bartimaeus couldn't physically see. He could only see with eyes of faith, and he wasn't, you're about to see. He's, he's about ready to get a fresh start. He's about to be a recipient of a miracle. And today, I believe that that miracle of faith that he received is going to help to initiate some faith in you to receive your miracle. And we're going to look at these steps that blind Bartimaeus took and, uh, again, apply them. I, I, I've been praying through, this, through, in, through the preparation of this message that God, would, uh, that God would, would unlock strategies for your own faith based upon this passage of Scripture. So right now, just allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate His Word, and He will customize it for you, all right? Now, now let's take a look at verse 47. He says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout... Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So because he heard about Jesus, which is always good to tell about Jesus. So he'd heard about Jesus. It wasn't just a shuffle in the streets. He heard Jesus is coming this way. So he heard about the power of God. He heard that Jesus was coming. And so he began to shout out, have mercy. So here he begins to initiate his faith. And I think one of the first things that we can do is begin to call out to God for mercy. Ask God for mercy in the middle of your situation. Cry out to him. Ask him, God, God, I need your help. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I mean, good thing he didn't just say, well, you know, I'm stuck here in Jericho. I've heard the stories of when the walls fell down, and here I am still stuck in this, you know, this town. I can't see anything. Hope somebody gives me a quarter today. You know, if Jesus really wanted to heal me, well, he would probably come right over here to me, and he would come and spit on my eyes like he did. I heard that other guy. He used to spit on his eyes, and all of a sudden he was, well, Jesus just did that. And if Jesus really cared about me, he'd find me on his own. Did he say that? No. Hey, you know another thing he didn't say? He didn't say, well, I'm just down today. I'm kind of discouraged because income hasn't been what I've wanted. And I'm kind of hungry. <sighs> Maybe if I, I should just keep begging. I'll catch up with Jesus next time he's in town because I need to earn some money. I need, to, I need to keep begging a little louder. And all these people are coming this way, and I bet you they're going to have money with them, and they're going to feel generous. And so let me just do that. I, I, just, I don't feel like going uh, pursuing Jesus today. Aren't you glad he didn't? What is God saying to you through that? See, Jesus even himself taught us that we need to take advantage of the moment. Take advantage of the moment. Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says this. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks, <clears throat> looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Basically, what Jesus is saying is no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put off taking your steps forward until tomorrow. You need to seize the day. You need to seize the day. From October of 2008 to October of 2010, I took a sabbatical from pastoring. It was a time of refreshing, and it, and it, and it, was, a, it was a walking in obedience to God. And I, I felt God saying, you know, you're going to go south back home and you're going to start something new in the heart of a large city and 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 I had contacted some of my friends and they said yeah you know if God's saying this I'm with you and I'm with you and we had a place to live we had a place to go so we took that faith step and uh, <clears throat> that that period had ended and it was October of 2010 and 
I was, I was riding in the car with, with my wife, with Rebecca, and when we were talking about, okay, we're, we're two years into this, and now we feel like God is saying it's, it's time to go again. It's time, but we're not quite sure exactly what that looks like. So <clears throat> at that time, I initiated a fast. I said, I feel like God's calling me to fast for 21 days, and I'm going to fast and pray and believe for uh, direction and insight and a miracle and, and because we need to hear from God on the specifics of this. So, so we began to pray and, and after the, and, you know, during that fast, fasts are never comfortable. And at the, at the end of that fast, like, well, okay, I, I did the fast. And, but, but, but like two days after the, that fast was ended, I remember I was the company that I was, uh, that I was managing at that time. I was, uh, I was out visiting a client and they were in Ferris, Texas. Any of you guys ever been to Ferris, Texas? Yeah, it's not very fair. It's just like I was just a little. So you're, you're here, and like, hey, let's go. Well, that's the way I feel. But but I was there in in Ferris, and my cell phone rang, and and I I answered the call. I I pulled over to a parking lot. Okay, just just so that you know, no 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 emails or texts after this about about driving and tech. I'm talking. But I pulled over. I stopped and I took the call. And uh, when I took that call, uh, it was a friend of mine, who's a was a ministry uh, leader here in this area. And he said, hey, Tim, you doing well? I said, yeah, yeah, doing, doing good. He said, I, I know what you felt what God was telling you to do here in the area. And, and I've just got some, something just popped up on the radar here that I need, need to let you know about. He said, there's some, uh, there's some wonderful people who have attempted to plant a church in downtown Fort Worth, and it was a failure. And, and we, but we actually hold the note on the property. And so we're planning to, uh, you know, the, the church is going to close, and we're going to sell the property. And, and it'll give us a good hefty amount of money into our bank account because, you know, downtown city property, it's going to get you some, some money. So he said, uh, but, but I was thinking, before we sell that property, I felt in my heart I needed to call you. Would you want a building with really no congregation, but you have the paperwork already done, you have the, the corporation already set up for the church, and you could step in and take this, but you got to understand, you know, there's $600,000 in debt because it was, uh, you know, they definitely ran up some debt trying to start the church, and, and it was a failure. And there are no funds available to help you with anything. We, we can't get you any funds. So you basically would take a building with a bunch of debt and... Uh, but are you, do, would you want to start a church in downtown Fort Worth? And I said, start a church with a building but no people? I mean, I'm just thinking, that's not how you do it. I've been, I, I know the training on this stuff. I used to train people on this stuff. You start with people, and then sometime down the road, you get a building. I was like, well, you got a building, no people. Do, do you feel like God wants you to do it? I said, well, let me, let me think about this, pray about it. I, uh, I contacted some, some people that, that were... Uh, that were close in relationship with me in ministry. I said, will you pray with me? I need, I need an answer to this, but I'm not going to just act on my own. And I talked to my family, and, and my, you know, my, my kids said yes. My wife said, Rebecca said yes. She says, yes, 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 we'll do it. As long as every once in a while, because at this time, we lived in Midlothian. We lived in the woods in Midlothian. We lived in the woods, remember? Like the Copperheads and, the, and the, uh, the, all those, yeah, Bobcats and the, the coyotes and that kind of stuff. You got to keep your eye out for them. We had cats to keep the, the mice away, and you, you, know, you just named the cats by numbers because they'd be gone after a few weeks because of the coyotes. That's 
just the way it is. You, any of you who live in the country, you know what I'm talking about. But, but that's where we lived, and it was, it was, a, it was a, you know, kind of a bumpy time. But, but do you want this? She said, yeah, absolutely. And she goes, and it sure would be nice. Then every once in a while after church, we can go to like Joe T. Garcia's and have some food. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a good deal. That was the only caveat that was thrown in there. And I said, dude, this, this might be God. And then I, I was thinking, I, I, I think I want to investigate this more. And then all of a sudden, I got a call from a church. This is a church in South Lake. You guys know, have you heard of South Lake before? Okay, yeah, you guys have heard of South Lake. Never heard of Ferris, but you've heard of South Lake. So I, I, I get this, this call. Well, there's this church in South Lake that's looking for a pastor, and we think you'd be an ideal fit. And we would like for you to come and, and, and visit our, our church. I said, I don't know. I'm thinking about this, this other thing, uh, which is a church start. They said, but yeah, our church is already established and thriving. We feel like you're supposed to be our pastor in South Lake. And so I go up and visit the church in South Lake, and I, 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 I talked to their, 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 uh, their board and their committee that was looking for the pastor and, and had a great time talking with them, but, but I was like, man, you guys, I started asking questions, these guys are, are mad at everybody, and you're just, they were not, they were not like in unity, and, and I thought, there's not a good spirit here, and I, and, and I went home and told Rebecca, I said, you know, sweetheart, we could, we could go to South Lake, and they said, yeah, we want you to live here in South Lake and enjoy the city and pastor out of the city, and, and uh, but, uh, and like, like, that's kind of nice, but is this what God's told us, called us to do? And I, I love it because she's, you know, she's the one that I can just throw things, kind of toss things her way. And she's like, I would much rather start a church with nothing than deal with a bunch of grumpy, grumpy people who don't, who are, who just really don't even want to want to move forward, who who just who have issues with each other and everything else in the world. And like, okay, because that would, I said, yeah, because that would take years to kind of work through that before we could ever really do anything, move forward as a church. So, right? And that, yeah, that's basically what happened. And so, talked to my advisors, and again, I brought some people out here to the church. I said, this is where I feel like God wants me to do this. And is this where we're supposed to be? Brought them out here to the building and got the confirmation, confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. And so, we decided that we were going to do it. And and, and uh, of course, it was volunteer. There was no salary. There was debt. There was debt. And we had to pay debt. We had to pay electric bills. We had to pay all of this stuff. We had to figure out a way to take care of things when there was nothing. Our first offering was $68. It was, it was not all that great. And I think I had given $10 of that. I don't even know how, how much I had given. But, but it, was, it was like, well, yeah, that's, that's good. So, there, I mean, I, it's like you got to run this church out of your own pocket and, and, and at the same time kind of get this thing going. And like, God, if this is what you say. We're, we're going we're gonna to jump in here and do this. But you know what? I decided at a certain point, we drew a line in the sand as a family. We said, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, and we're not going to look back. We're not going to look back. No salary, no reimbursements. We've got to have a miracle. No looking back. And we're going to build with no viable congregation. We're going to build and we're going to do what God is, we believe God's calling us to do. And God, that, that all happened 10 years, a little over 10 years ago. And we had, I just, I remember saying, God, I need your mercy. I need your grace. Because in the natural, this, this is not, in the natural, this is insanity. But I had gotten so many confirmations from people saying, this is what you were supposed to do. This specific thing. Do it. So I jumped into it. And, and here we were. Uh, and, and you know what? It was crying out to Jesus. We need your, I need your mercy. I need your mercy. I'm kind of blind here because I don't even know which way to turn. I figured I would kind of visit some of the neighbors around here. That's when I realized everything is locked up. 
And you can't get into anything. You can't go visit the apartments. You can't go visit people. Everything's locked up. It's downtown. Like, well, how do you do that? I don't know. But I would just got out here, and I would stand on the street corner right over here, and I would talk to people as they were walking to work and as they were walking around the neighborhood. I would just talk to people, build relationships, walk around any office building during the day and talk to people and build relationships and make friends. And God began to build a church. But it was the mercy of the Holy Spirit. And I called on him, and I believe God touched and God anointed this. And when you make that decision to take that forward motion of faith, I'll tell you what, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. But I'll also tell you this. There will be people around you that will, uh, that will try to discourage you and try to criticize you and try to mock you the whole time. There will be. I remember when we first started, someone said, <laughs> oh, I, I remember, it was, it was a lady right out here. She, she said, oh, so you're going to try to do, the, do a church here now? That other person didn't work for them, isn't going to work for you. Bye. Like, okay, thank you, Jesus. And uh, next, you know, come on. what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? But God worked miracles. I, I, I like it because verse 48, look at, look at verse 48, Mark 10. It says, many rebuked him. They rebuked Bartimaeus blind Bartimaeus and told him to be quiet. <laughs> but what did he do? I like this, guys. This, this dude is gutsy, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, when I looked at this, I saw that word rebuke, and I looked at it, and that word rebuke in there is a very, very harsh term. It's one of the harshest terms that we find in the New Testament. So people weren't just like brushing him off. They were, they were saying very bad things to him about him as, as he was crying out to Jesus. And uh, I love the fact, though, that he didn't allow their negativity. He didn't allow their critical spirit. He didn't allow their, de their, their demeaning of him to stop him at all. All he did was shout all the louder. And that's where some of you are right now. Do not cave to your critics. Instead, call louder and louder and louder. People telling him, shut up. Actually, what they were doing is, in the spirit realm, those people were being used by hell to inadvertently, they didn't, I don't think they used, realized they were being used by the enemy. They were trying to inadvertently hold him back from his miracle. And there will be people around you who will build you up, and there will be people who will tear you down. Always, 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 always. And if they're, here's my challenge to you. If they're tearing you down, just get away, and, but don't back down. Just become more resolute in your determination that you're going to be moving forward and that you're going to act on this faith. Do not be afraid of people's mockery at all. And, and, and keep this in mind. The Holy Spirit always builds you up. He doesn't tear you down. Now, he convicts, but he doesn't tear you down. The Holy Spirit always. So, uh, so there's going to be an encouraging word there. There's going to be encouragement and help and hope. See... When we get afraid of the opinions of other people, it will disable us. It disables you. But trusting in God protects you from that. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. It's on the screens. It says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. And Bartimaeus put his trust in Jesus, and, and while others were beating him down, he got up anyway, and he just kept on shouting. And I want to encourage you, increase your determination if you're going to activate your faith. Okay, let's look at verse 49 in Mark 10. Then Jesus stopped and said to Bartimaeus, 
he, no, actually, he stopped and said, I'm adding words in here that aren't there, so I don't need to do that. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So he's yelling at all the other people, and he's telling them to do something different than they were doing originally. So they called the blind man, well, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. <laughs> cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Part of what you need to do to initiate your faith is to drop that countenance of despair and put a new countenance of cheer, of joy, and refreshing on your face. And you'll say, but how can I have joy? How can I be refreshed on my face? How can I, how can I do that when I haven't had my miracle yet? That's part of initiating your faith is you get the joy before the miracle comes. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I don't care if your situation looks hopeless from your perspective, but what I encourage you to do is to drop despair, cheer up, and get up. Don't you dare let despair become your identity any longer. Despair was that man's identity for the longest time. Instead, switch your attitude over to cheer. Switch it over to joy. Jesus is calling you. Jesus wants to rescue you. Jesus wants to give you that miracle. The miracle is on its way, and faith demands action. James chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 17 says this, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied, that's the wrong scripture, I don't know, James Faith by itself, I skipped over stuff, so just, yeah, just follow me. Faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Did you see that? It's dead. Get that cheer back in your heart. God is for you. Six months into the City Life adventure, <clears throat> we got to a point like, we can't pay the bills. I mean, we, are, we were literally days away from the electricity being shut off in this building. I, did, I, I didn't know what to do. And I told Rebecca, I said, I'm going over there, and I'm just going to walk through that building, pray through that building, and ask God for a solution. I, I, came, in, I came into this room, and I walked up on this platform, and I, here was my original prayer. God, show me what kind of things we need to sell. Show me what we can sell so we can make some money so we can pay the electricity. And and, uh, and there, was, there was some equipment that was in here, which was kind of nice. Again, but you don't start a church with equipment, a building. You start with people, but whatever. So we didn't really have people hardly. But, uh, and at this time, I think you were first starting to attend uh, on Fridays. You'd come to the Friday church. With, and I thought, well, you know, there's these subs over here. We could sell those. And I started looking. Microphones. We, can sell, we, can, we don't need an, an audio system. We can sell that board. We can just talk to people in here. And I can talk a lot. I mean, I was, we can do acoustic worship. And I was coming up with all these plans and ideas to sell everything so we could pay the electric bill. Now, I know you might be saying, Tim, that's not very wise. Well, at that point, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have any more money to keep make funding this church on my own. And Donna, I know at that point you were giving offerings, but maybe it just was not enough at that point. I, and I came, I came back in, and I, I, I... It was getting close. And then I had a friend of mine said, Hey, Tim... Uh, you know, he was one of the people, one of my advisors that said, I feel like this is what God wants you to do. And he says, hey, I want to come down and see, see the building. I want to see the church. And so he, he came and visited, lives about an hour away, and came and visited the church. And with him, he had a $5,000 check. He says, our church wants to give you $5,000. 
And I said, oh, okay, well, thank you. That's really, really helpful. He goes, I'm sorry it isn't very much. I go, no, 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 that, that's, that, that's a lot. He goes, I really wish we could do more. No, that, 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 you know, yeah, you could do more, but that's a lot. That's a lot. Later that week, the, and they didn't know about our immediate need. Well, first of all, the electric bill was paid, but then the company that I was managing, the owner of that company said, you know, Tim, my wife and I have been praying, and you've, you've grown this, this business in such a huge way, and, and God has blessed us, and we want to bless that new church. So we are going to pledge to give $3,000 a month to the church. And they became the largest donors of our church and still continue to this day to have been the largest donors of, because they gave for years and years and years. And they, they, they helped to get this thing started. And I said, really? <laughs> I said, Yeah. We wish we could do more. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, me too, but I, this is good. This, this is good. This is good. And I would start taking speaking engagements on Sundays. Like, somebody else got to come in here and preach, and then we'll take up an offering for them. Little did they know they were going to get an offering of like $50. But, uh, but they would have to come and preach and, and get an offering. While I would go to other churches, and I would, I would get, a, get a bigger offering to be able to come back and put it into the church. And so that's how what we did for a while. And, and, and the, but the church got rolling. Things got going. Things got going. But I remember back at that day when I was walking around this room figuring out what to sell, and I, 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 I just told the Lord, God, I just feel like I'm in such despair. And I felt God saying, just drop your despair. I want to work some miracles. So I changed my prayer from what should I sell to survive to, God, what kind of a miracle can you do? And now, God, work a miracle. God, work a miracle. God, work a miracle. God, work a miracle. But there's still more to do. Come on, look at verse 50. I got to get through this. All right, look at verse 50. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Okay, these are three actions, verbs, that are illustrated in this verse. Blind Bartimaeus transformed himself from this beggar's attire, which is a drab cloak, uh, to, to, this, to, to something very different. He changed his posture. He jumped to his feet. It didn't say he was kind of got up. No, he jumped to his feet. He got rid of his beggar's attire, his little cloak, and he started taking steps toward Jesus. And the whole time he was blind. Blind. And, and you look at those verbs that are there. Those are not verbs that describe or correlate with a blind man, do they? I really think that every, all those three things that he, that, that he did is, is was all about shedding his old image. And I'm going to encourage you today, some of you need to shed your old image. Stop identifying with that beggar's cloak. Get rid of it. Oh, me. Oh, here I am. I'm barely making it. Well, I think we'll have to sell this so we can have some water in the building. Come on. You, 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 you've got to drop that and change your posture. Jump up. Get up and start moving toward Jesus. But I can't see where I'm going. That's the point. You haven't had your miracle yet. But you've got to move. If you want to initiate faith, you've got to move. Get moving. Get moving. Get moving. And I love it because in verse 41, take a look at verse 41, because it says that, that really Jesus didn't come running over to him. <laughs> in fact, he came to Jesus. I love it. But then in Mark 10, 51, it says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Now, pause there for a second. What kind of uh, observation would you be able to make if you're, I mean, just looking at a person 
who needs, who, who is blind, you would know they're blind. So here's Jesus walking up to a blind guy. He's, oh, he comes to him. He goes to him and said, well, what kind of miracle do you need? Well, duh, <laughs> come on. And, but he didn't have this attitude like, well, can't you see what my problem? Because I can't see and we don't know how to see. He gotta go. No, he didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that. But Jesus, what's your need? This is key, guys. Bartimaeus clearly enunciated his need. I want to see. Well, you need to speak your request and speak it again. Stop thinking about what you need and start telling God what you need. There's something about releasing it with your mouth which activates your faith. Speak your request and do it again and again and again. Keep those requests out there. Verbalize those things. Get it out before God. Speak, speak, speak. Hebrews 11.1, 1, what did it say yet again? Faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. And so with his mouth, he began to declare what he was hoping for and what he was assured of that he actually would see. Verse 52, look at this. He says, go, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And so Jesus didn't spit in his eyes. The Bible doesn't even say that Jesus even touched him. Jesus may have been 20 feet from him, kind of yelling over at him. And we don't know. But Jesus just spoke and just said, go! <laughs> I can tell, my modification of this, and these are my words, but my modification of this is Jesus is saying, well, based upon what I've already witnessed and the faith that I've already seen that you blind man have, I mean, you just need to go on your way because your faith, your faith has already healed you. Go, go. And this is where it comes to this point. You just need to receive your miracle. See, you need to receive your miracle. And some of you, there are blessings that are coming your way, and I believe even now and today, and it's according to your faith if you're willing to initiate it. By your actions, faith without actions or deeds is dead. We have to do something to initiate our faith. Being assured of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. And I believe God wants to bring miracles into this place today. If you're watching online, if you're watching this even recorded, I want you to know God has miracles in store for you as well. And I want you to reach out to the Lord right now. We're about ready to turn this into a house of prayer here for the next few minutes. And I want to pray. I'm going to pray. I've asked Rebecca to be ready to pray for miracles in this room. So I'm asking, would you guys all stand? Man, worship team, please come. Band, please come to the platform. We are going to believe for miracles. And I've asked Jordan to sing this song again, Let My Praises. As we're singing praise to God, I want you, with that miracle in your eyes, with that miracle that you need, I want you to get that in your heart. I'm going to ask as they begin singing, would you just get it? If you need a miracle, if you need a miracle, faith without action instead, take some action. Start taking some steps. Start taking some steps. I'm asking you just to fill up these sides right over here from here at the edge of the platform all over from there all the way back. Just fill up these sides and you're going to begin, we're going to begin praying for you while we worship, while we worship and just begin to sing, begin to pray, begin to cry out to God, God have mercy on me. Jesus, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. And watch what God will do. I want you to begin to 
move right now. Come on, move right now. If you need a miracle, move to the sides of the auditorium. We're going to begin praying for you. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.